0: Welcome back to the show, Mark. We're happy to see you. Um you look you look uh pretty pretty pandemic-y right now.
1: <laughs> I don't even know what that means. What
0: the
2: hell? Yeah, I have uh, it's my haircut, it's the style is called give it
0: a few weeks. <laughs> Um, Kyle looks pretty pandemic-y. I'm the only one on this, uh, on this, uh, Skype call that's been vaccinated. Well, I've gotten one shot, so I'm not trying to brag, but I'm bragging.
1: He's partway there.
0: (laughs) So we are seven days out from Zack Snyder's Justice League, Mark. How did we get here? How are we just seven days away because we've had conversations before where we've talked about this could happen, this may happen, this won't happen. but like I said, we're just seven days away. What was the final mandate or the final push from uh, the studio it would be like, all right, we have this film that's unfinished. Ah, uh, the, there's this growing fandom online that want this Snyder cut to be out there. What was that? What was that transition?
2: Well, it was I think it was a combination of things. It was, of course, uh, Zach's own tenacity as an artist. Uh, the fact that he stuck it out. That he had he had shot. Uh, uh, and this is great, by the way, because it's an opportunity to just clarify for anyone who has still somehow managed not to keep it straight in their heads what is go, what was shot and what wasn't. Uh, Zach did finish filming, you know, Justice League, and he had the footage. He shot all the scenes that he, had, that he intended to shoot for the film. Of course, there would have been probably some pickups where he had to go back and redo stuff or whatever, but he'd shot it. He had the film... And that that initial version of it, based on the script they had and the the mandates from Warner, the first round that they had of mandates for what the movie had to be, and he shot that. So the fact that he finished that, that he kept it, and that there was occasionally work done on it before anything official happened— that, you know, doing things, uh, fixing little things here and there, finishing music, stuff like that. That was stuff that was still going on for months and, you know, even the years after uh, he he had initially finished shooting what he was shooting. So Zach himself is, has to be consider really the main reason that it's happening and the fact that he was willing when the opportunity came. He's not getting paid for this, and people lose track. and They, they kind of forget that, but, like, he did all of this for free. I just want to remind everybody, coming back and doing this this version for HBO Max, everything he's done now since they decided to release the Snyder Cut, he's working free, just so we're clear. Uh, so that's the big reason. But, of course, the other... <laughs> equally probably big reason and what Zach would tell you is the singular reason it happened is the release of the Snyder Cut movement. The fans refused to let it die. They refused to let it go. They kept at it. Uh, And more importantly, at a time when the movement was started being criticized for being overly aggressive and for a lot of fans that were part of it who who latched on to it that were really getting... Hostile to the point of make. There were some violent threats against reporters that I know and and writers that I know who received death threats and women who received threats of gang rape uh, repeatedly, and those kinds of things were coming out. And but that wasn't the movement as a whole. It was just there was a segment of people that crazier angry people tend to scream louder than everybody in a room. <laughs> That's just anything. It doesn't matter what it is. If you've got a group of people and like, hey, those three people in the corner over there are batshit crazy and they're really pissed off, they're probably gonna be attracting a lot more attention to themselves than other people in the room, perhaps. So that kind of was going on and right when that was happening, the the larger movement was was segueing into Addressing suicide and suicide prevention and began raising funds and began doing fundraising and outreach to draw more attention to this. And it became a tremendous part of the movement. And people, it helped people recognize that this isn't just a bunch of angry, hostile, toxic fans, the way that some of the press is making it out to sound and as I don't want to minimize that there were people again who did suffer that stuff. So it's not like that didn't happen. There were people who definitely, you know, I had to block, unfortunately, as somebody who myself supported releasing the Snyder cut, I still had to, I have people that I blocked who were part of that movement because they were just so hostile toward Mm -hmm. me and so angry and rude and threatening. But again, Counting up all the number of people that did that, it's a it's still a tiny number of people out of the whole thing, and I would argue that the the fan base was getting a lot more attention for that part of their fan base than other fan bases like Harry, like Harry Potter or Star Wars that have their own exceedingly toxic, violent elements as you know as well. And I would argue some of them there are plenty out there that have much bigger. And more toxic elements. So in the fan base, I think it was a pivotal moment that this fan base rose up, created this movement, and then with the power and popularity of that movement among fans, decided to use that to draw attention to, highlight, and fundraise for suicide prevention. That changed the perception of the movement it created a great deal of positive press for the movement, and therefore the positive pr- the, the press covering the fundraising that they accomplished and literally saving people's lives. That meant when that those articles discussed the movement of the release the Snyder Cut, it wasn't just about the Snyder Cut, and so it wasn't just negative, and it wasn't just mocking them or calling them terrible or things like that. It was just presenting what they wanted and why in a better way. And at that point, photos were coming out and things showing that, oh, yeah, there is a Snyder Cut out there, and it's very different from what you saw. So I think fans coming together, creating a movement, and then smartly recognizing they had enough people and enough power to do something good for society beyond just movies and to reach out and and to work on something like that created a lot of goodwill. And it made it easier for the third and Important final thing that really this is what and this is where it all changed was AT&T bought Warner Brothers and launched HBO Max and that I, you, I really can't stress enough that if it were not for HBO Max becoming the priority I think without HBO Max we would not have had the Snyder Cut released right now and I think probably it would have been years down the road and then we would have had a version of it like what they did with the Donner cut. They would have released the Snyder cut. They would have touched it up here and there. But essentially, it would have just been what he shot with some of the stuff cleaned up, whatever VFX and, and sound mm-hmm. uh, that they could do for minimal price and put it out on, on Blu-ray. That's what would have probably happened if it weren't for HBO Max coming around. And HBO Max coming around meant... You know, it's it's the thing about streaming is, and Netflix proved this, is uh, you, you don't need 10 million or 20 million people in a fan base to make it worth spending money to create something. The Snyder Cut fan base, for H, for theatrical, it wasn't big enough to get, you know, to, to change things in the theatrical realm uh, as far as getting the movie released. But it was more than enough of a large size and public Movement to justify, you know what? Yeah, we've just got this. We already put Justice League out in theaters. We got that money. Now we've got a totally separate movie that's just sitting on a shelf. It's a free movie. We can put seventy million into it, and we've got a four-part seventy million divided by four. That's under twenty million an episode. If they were going to make a Justice League miniseries for HBO Max, just for the Snyder Cut fan base, which is millions of people worldwide it's worth investing in 70 million is a worthwhile investment to get that done and to make it bigger than it was going to be and add an extra hour you know or extra half hour of content or whatever getting it expanded out like that 70 million is cheap to spend to get a project product that will get those people signed up and keep them signed up
0: mm-hmm. you know so uh, do you yeah. think the pandemic m- might have played a role into them deciding, hey, like, obviously we can't shoot movies right now. Like, obviously there's a few movies that were were in production during the pandemic, but we need some content. Here we have this movie, like, Zach can go back and touch up things, re-edit, score. You know, most of those things can be done remotely, but he did add you know, he did add some elements to like the nightmare. Like we've seen that, you know, Ben Affleck came back. Yeah. Um, uh, Jared Leto was back, Joe Manganiello, et cetera, et cetera. But do you think the pandemic kind of played a factor into that decision of, hey, we got this movie that's sitting collecting dust. Let's let's put that out there because they'll bring those subscribers, or do you think it was just the HBO Max needed that? that extra content for the rollout of that that streaming service. Oh, I think it's definitely
2: the pandemic definitely played a role and it's tied together because the rollout of HBO Max, I think everybody the pandemic made streaming I mean, that's it's it was the go to Thing to do. You you can't go anywhere else. There's a plague. What are you going to do? You're sitting at home. You have a TV. You're going to watch shit, right? <laughs> you're going to you're going to drink. You're going to get high, and you're going to watch shit. That's basically what you're going to do. <laughs> uh, that's the only thing there is to do. That's there is nothing else to do. Um. So I think uh, the pandemic itself accelerated the need for HBO Max to launch, and to launch. Quickly get these streaming platforms out there and get as much content on them as possible. That the streaming wars and the fact that streaming was the future, some of us have been saying this for years that you know, this is what it's all going to be. And let me tell you, by the way, Sean Gerber was the first person I heard smart enough to say. And he said this, I mean, years ago, dude, like three or four fucking years ago. Can I say fucking on this podcast? You ask okay. it every time. <laughs> I know. I always forget. Three or four fucking years ago, Sean Gerber uh, said the day's going to come when they've got their streaming services and the movies are always there and they stop selling movies you're not going to be able to just buy a blu-ray anymore or buy a digital copy your way of owning a movie will be you have to subscribe to the service and then you own all their movies and that's how you own it and that's how you watch it and if you unsubscribe you're not going to own it anymore you want to own it subscribe and i think that's true i think the day's coming you the idea of of buying movies, buying a digital copy or buying a hard copy, they're going to stop doing that because they've all – studios have always wanted to control when and how often you can see their movies and their content. They don't like the – they hate the fact that you can buy a movie and then watch it 50 bazillion times. They want to make money every time you watch that movie, Unless and the your closest cr- they can get to that is – making you pay for a streaming service where you, that's how you own the movie. So the, that, that day is going to come. And that's where this was always headed. Streaming, short theatrical windows or no theatrical. It's cheaper to make a movie and put it on streaming. You're going to make more money
1: mm-hmm.
2: ultimately because nobody expects you to spend $200 million on a movie for TV do they? And they don't expect you to spend $150 million to market a movie on streaming, do they? It just you makes, makes so make much, it, makes you so know, much sense. You
1: don't have to pay as much marketing. You don't have to give a cut to the theaters. You don't have to pay for the packaging of like the Blu-rays or anything like that. It's, it's just so much more streamlined.
2: And look at Disney's. Disney has topped 100 million subscribers. Those people are all paying at least, what, Four to five dollars a month. How much does that mean they get every month in revenue from streaming now? Think about a hundred million people. If everybody just paid four dollars, that's four hundred million a month, twelve months out of the year. And now we're going into the second year of Disney Plus, they're making like fifty billion freaking dollars a year. I mean, that's an exact, but really, that's the kind of money we're talking about. Netflix has got almost 200 million subscribers. They're making enough off subscriptions now that they no longer have to take out loans. They can pay out of pocket to produce everything they make from now on. The whole days everyone said, oh, they're just so much debt, they can't carry it. Eventually, they'll collapse. They officially, I think last month or this month, I'm pretty sure last month or this month they officially hit the point where their revenue stream is enough that they no longer have to take on debt or take out loans to make stuff. They can they make enough money to pay for everything they do out of pocket.
0: you you're really That's, you're really cr- crushing the soul of Chris Nolan with all this talk right now.
2: <laughs> well, isn't it ironic that the day we've already hit the day where. The people like, you know, Chris Nolan hates streaming, Martin Scorsese hated Martin Scorsese hated streaming, but guess what? Guess who's the only studio that's willing to give Martin Scorsese 160 million dollars to make another gangster movie? Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're the mm. only And he complained about having to go to them. But I'm like, dude, why are you complaining? You have full creative control. They gave you $160 million to make Robert De Niro's face look like he was 30 years old while he was kicking somebody on the ground. (laughs) And nobody else was going to do that. And it's, yeah, Chris Nolan, the same way. Like there's only so many places you're going to go that's going to hand you hundreds of millions of dollars to just keep making your own stuff like that. And it's not theatrical, because with the situation with theaters now, that's not going to fly. It just isn't. So HBO Max, the pandemic accelerated. We're we're two or three years ahead of where we were going to be with streaming. Mm -hmm. That's where we're at. And that pandemic need fed into the the need for that content to Mm -hmm. launch a streaming service in the first place. It made it even more urgent. And realistically, I mean, I, I guarantee you, everybody at HBO Max probably wishes that they had already had the Snyder Cut ready and waiting. So the day one, they could have put that up and have that as a huge draw because it's a it's it's a it's a big freaking deal. You know, it's the kind of thing that they need right now. So, yeah, I, I think I, that I was I think
1: so. pretty big complaint. A lot of people had when HBO Max first launched, there mm-hmm. really wasn't anything on there. Nothing exclusive anyway. That was really worth subscribing for.
2: Yeah. I, mean, I love the, the back catalog of movies was terrific. You know, I, I think it's under people that are a lot of people say it's, oh, it's the worst. Who was it that said that? That it's uh, uh, their movies are now going on. Chris, Christopher Nolan said that people made movies for theaters and now it's you find out it's going on the worst streaming platform. And I'm like, it's not the worst streaming platform though, first of all, cause their movie collection is exceptional if you're a cinephile and you love movie collections, which I thought Chris Nolan, he is, he's a cinephile. He's, I'm saying this, but we all know he's, his movies are freaking great. So mm-hmm. take my, take my tongue in cheek, uh, remarks as tongue in cheek. Um, yeah, that's,
0: uh, I, I lost my train of thought, so I'll shut up. You are talking about Chris <laughs> Nolan. And how he said it was the worst streaming.
2: Yeah, it's but they the problem was that they lacked original content. It's Kyle said that was the key is the exclusivity. If you're going to pay all that money a month and they're charging you know top dollar for their service, then you better have. If you if somebody comes in and is like, oh yeah, I can't wait to eat at this restaurant, and you're like, oh we don't have any original food yet, we charge twice as much and we go get food from this other place and bring it to you. (laughs)
0: What? That's much. my that's my big that's my big complaint with HBO Max is it's fifteen bucks. So like when Wonder Woman eighty four came out, I watched that. I wish I never would have. No. <laughs> um, spent We're my, not going to discuss that. <laughs> spent <laughs> my fifteen. Awesome. Uh, and then like I was like, you know what? They're, like. I already have Netflix. I have Hulu. Hulu's like a buck 99 for the rest of the year for me cuz they they're running some special. But like 15 bucks like I'd like I think that HBO Max should be a 10.99 or 11.99. Like I'm I'm not complaining. I'm just saying like to me with the lack of content that they did have on the streaming service 1590, like I own those movies. I own Wonder Woman. I own BBS. I own, you know, Citizen Kane. I own, uh, Wizard of Oz and North by Northwest. I don't need to shell out 1599 a month for things that I already own and like a better version of it too. Because a lot of those versions, you know, are, you know, 1080p or they're, you know, they're just, you know, regular Blu-ray and I have I have a four, like I have most of those movies on 4k already. So like, to me it was, it was never a, I have to, but now with the Snyder cut, like, I'm just like, all right, you're going to get my 15, you know, this (laughs) month and I'm going to be happy. I'm paying 15 bucks this month for it. So.
1: And there you go. Spend your 15 bucks, watch justice league and watch uh, King Kong. And then we're all set
2: that's really this is the year king there's king Kong, there's so many movies there now hbo max has is going to have a constant supply of new movies and i'll say we at the, the original content that they have is really good um they're they've got documentaries they've got films they've got shows so i like it and i like the back their back catalog of movies is of warner movies is terrific i i do think that it was a mistake not to fold the CW into it, and to fold the DC Universe app, or DC, DC Unlimited into it immediately, so that I mean, put all those the, all the Titans and the DC shows and all that put that, just set it in the same universe with the CW, merge all that stuff, and create one unified DC Universe, and then just it's make it on HBO Max the stuff mm-hmm. airs on the CW I know, but Move it over. (laughs) Mm -hmm, Move it over to HBO. Give them a couple of million. I mean, The Flash at three to four million an episode. Boost them to five or six million an episode. Supergirl, same thing. Superman, same thing. Move them to HBO Max and make those shows a little higher budgeted so that – and then boom, you you have a a, a whole DC universe shared right there that's this one version of it for folks that like that. And then you've got the movies, you know. That's Mm –
0: if they had that at the start, it would have, I think, helped a lot for content. So, so back to the Snyder Cut. I guess we're, like I said, we're seven days out from it. What are you guys? And I'll, I'll start with Mark and then work my way to Kyle. What are you guys most excited to see in the Snyder Cut, or the, or is there, you know, is there a character that you're really interested in seeing more of?
2: cyborg uh I, I honestly knowing that his arc and his story was kind of the axis around which you know everything else sort of revolved in a way um not oversimplified but that his it was kind of the heart of the of the the movie i I do look forward to seeing that and of course like everybody the nightmare sequences and stuff is uh, all the stuff in the nightmare world that all looks incredible um I like, I, I, it, there's obviously a lot more to the backstory with, uh, Darkseid's first attempt to take over the world. And I really want to see the Amazons and the gods. I, that stuff that we got a glimpse of in the theatrical Super Friends movie, I think is, it's on such a larger (laughs) scale. Um, yeah so that's those are some of the elements most of all of course I think what we're all looking forward to is just Zack Snyder telling a Justice League story that is that sort of big the sweeping epic scale that just that you see that we get in the comics when they do these stories like the crisis stories or the big Justice League arcs that are just like it's cosmic it's insane the scope and scale of everything is always so big uh, and Zack Snyder does that. He's one of the top tier filmmakers when it comes to that kind of thing. So uh, I really appreciate that he can handle and, and juggle those kind of complicated intertwined narratives that way. And I look forward to seeing him do that with that cyborg through line and story about him and holding on to his humanity and how that speaks to the larger story around it about humanity in danger of losing its humanity with the anti-life equation and dark side coming to earth. Kyle. So
1: I'm, yeah, we're all Batman hearts. We're all Batman fans at heart here. So I am craving just any new footage of Beneflex Batman we can get anything
0: yeah. just even a couple seconds I'll take it yeah um I'm looking forward to the epic nature of it's not just one character obviously I'm looking forward to you know the return of Superman Superman the black suit Batfleck, you know Ray Fisher you know more Aquaman stuff but th- what I'm really looking forward to is that epic nature that the Justice League should have gotten back in the 27 super friends theatrical cut <laughs>
2: <laughs> you like, know that's what we all think it's and i say that i we talked beforehand i like the super friends i i will freely admit on I watched when DC Unlimited, or was it, they had the DC Unlimited app. I watched episodes of the Super Friends. I'm that cheesy. I went back and watched episodes of it. Um, like I it's not it just
1: anyone actually hates Super Friends. It's just how much you actually
2: appreciate it. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good point. Okay. That's good framing.
0: If you um, are someone you that hates it, the it. How Friends, how I, I want to know where like. you're
1: at. Like, I want to, I want to, <laughs> let's have a talk. Let's have a discussion. <laughs>
0: Like, it just, like, to me, like, we, like, that Justice League version of, you know, Justice League was so vanilla. It's like, like, when we've been getting these teases the last couple days, you know. Each day has been its own character. I think, like, this might be the first day we haven't actually gotten, like, a character reveal. It's, like, 50 seconds long. But we haven't, we, each day, it just, like, why wasn't these Sequences in the version of that movie in 2017. It never made any sense to me. It was so vanilla, especially in the context of Infinity War and Endgame, were so epic and so grand scale and so like, like it's it's like they pared it down to. Like instead, of it's like Zach had like a fillet, and he's like, you know, and like the studio's like, ah, uh, we're trying to save some money, so we're instead of having a fillet for dinner tonight, we're gonna have pork chops. <laughs> Does that make sense? It just that like it's that yeah, I don't understand chops. like that. <laughs> 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 your 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 mouth is watering over some hamburgers. What uh, <laughs> I'm
2: just um, saying is that so wrong.
0: <laughs> but like it's just like we we're I'm looking forward to that. That bigger than life. That grand scale. The nightmare sequence is gonna be awesome. He's he was able to bring back Jared Leto and Joe Manganiello. Those things add something to it. So I don't know. Those are what, I, like I said, obviously Ray Fisher, Batfleck. Those things, Black Suited Superman. Those things are gonna be cool. But it's like we're gonna get that. I mean, Junkie XL score. Like that's Danny Elfman's score. Never felt like, like when I rewatched that movie last week. There's like that sequence at the beginning, like that bank heist or whatever. That music doesn't play to that sequence. It just doesn't make sense to me. It's just like, why was these things not involved? I'll never understand. Like, obviously, there was that mandate of two hours that was, you know, from the top down. Like, we need to get this movie two hours. We need to make sure we get this date so everyone gets their bonuses. Blah 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 blah. But it's just like, like you, you could have gotten even more money if you would have put that movie out. <laughs> so, um, my next question for you, Mark, is. Will there be a a continuation of the Snyderverse characters in future incarnations? Like obviously the Flashpoint's coming out, but do you think that it'll go further on beyond that? Obviously Aquaman 2's filming, Wonder Woman 84 just came out. Do you think there'll be a continuation or do you think, you know, those, those films, you know, those films that were already greenlit, are going to come out and then that's going to wrap everything up and then there are going to be a new incarnation like we get with the Batman?
2: I think it depends a lot on what people define as the Snyderverse, and I think fans have very different ideas of what is and isn't, does and doesn't make something the Snyderverse. In terms of if by Snyderverse you mean after, do I think that Zack Snyder's Justice League is going to, Have additional films or live action shows that are set in the world of his version of Justice League, Uh, or do you mean the Snyderverse, like just all the characters that have so far been in the DCU, like Wonder Woman and Aquaman in their solo movies? uh, If those that's two different ideas. I think the
0: latter, the latter, the latter of what you just said. Like that I guess that's my question. Like I don't know I don't know if I I can't foresee Zach coming back. Like I don't know, like crazier things that happen. I never thought we'd get the Snyder cut. But like I just I think like the the idea going forward would be like do they do they continue on just with the characters that we've seen?
2: Uh I think that I don't think Ben Affleck's Batman's coming back, uh, first of all. I know there's a lot of folks out there who've been kind of banging that drum and saying it was going to happen, but I I think his return as Batman is limited to the Snyder's Justice League and to uh, Flashpoint. Um, I don't think that he's going to be established as... I don't think Ben Affleck's going to come back and be Batman in more movies or live action. No. I think that might he vo- do voice an animated movie the sequel to Zack Snyder's Justice League if they decide to do a follow up a second movie uh, a Justice League 2 that's Zack Snyder's Justice League 2 cuz mm-hmm. his ends on a cliffhanger i don't i don't know if that's a spoiler or not i think people have already discussed that but his Justice League that's coming out in 7 days is kind of a—it's been a headlines everywhere, and I apologize if I—I I, I said that and then realized y'all might not have heard that or read that. So I apologize if you were avoiding spoilers. Um, but if it's a—if—if if it's a cliffhanger, I think he did that knowingly and intentionally because that was kind of the idea anyway. And more to the point, it leaves open the possibility to come back and says now the ball is in your court. Warner Brothers, HBO Max. What do you want to do? Mm -hmm. I think Zach would obviously love the opportunity to come back and do his Justice League sequel that he intended. uh, But I think he would demand full creative control, that they stay away, that he does whatever he wants without – requirements. And I don't believe the studio will do that. Um, I don't think that they will. So I don't, I don't believe, I think that his justice league will be the end of the live action. And I think that there is a very good chance that if, if Zack Snyder's justice league gets good reviews or decent reviews, at least if it's, if it's 50, 50 or better from critics and if fans love it and if it gets, if it drives a lot of viewership and it drives a lot of subscribers, then I think there will be an animated sequel. I would guess they'll do an animated sequel to it. Um, and I think that there's a possibility we will see animated films and series that are inspired by and set in the larger DCEU that was established when he first did Man of Steel, Batman v. Superman. Um, so I think that's going to happen. I believe, though... For the most part, what's going to happen with the movies is it's going to continue as we've seen. They're going to keep making—they're going to make the Wonder Woman movies, the Aquaman movies, the Shazam, you know, Flashpoint. I think they're generally going to make movies that are continuing what we've seen but just in a different way. Like The Suicide Squad, well, it's clearly a follow-up to the first Suicide Squad, but at the same time— they recast some of the same people. So if you want to watch it and be like, this is a sequel, direct sequel, you can think that. But as I, and I could be wrong, I could be wrong, but my understanding is they're doing it where kind of like what they've done with the other movies, where they're doing their own thing and they're not going to worry about what came before. And you can either imagine this as a, they're taking a mulligan or whatever, or you can just, it's a continuation. Most people are gonna perceive it as a continuation. It's got many of the same actors, so I think it doesn't really matter. <laughs> uh, I think that uh, that's just the state we're in, and I think they're gonna use the Flashpoint as a way to try to merge some of these things together. I think that Flashpoint is uh, the, they're using the multiverse idea so they can pick and choose what's what and how to get some of this, but I don't think they've necessarily made a final choice on every single thing that they're going to use and what's going to tie together and how. I don't think those choices have been finalized yet. I think the Batman was intended as a way to reboot the DC Universe uh, they're going to create a whole world, Bat, the Batman world that Matt Reeves is doing. That's that's scheduled to be its own thing. It's going to be set up. It's in the multiverse. It exists, but it's in a different world than Wonder Woman and those other movies we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. The question is, are they going to let Reeves develop all of that and then merge it through the multiverse with Wonder Woman and Aquaman and the other pre-existing stuff? Or are they gonna let it be a separate thing and just say, it all exists together in a multiverse, even if they never meet up. And then it allows the opportunity for a crossover event where the Batman character and his world can interact with the others, but they're not permanently connected. I think the latter is more likely, or they'll just let the Batman stuff be separate.
0: That's my opinion.
1: (laughs) At least they have options. (laughs)
0: right (laughs) Henry Cavill Superman like I've we we just had a conversation last week about it why is like obviously that there's JJ Abrams has plans for it like he's going to produce a future film um but not having kal like I know you said, you know, they, they've, we've had this conversation before, you know, you had Superman Returns, you had Smallville, you had Man of Steel, you had BVS, you had Justice League, you had Zack Snyder's Justice League. But not having kal and like I'm looking forward to, uh, I can't remember his name. Like what, what the proposed, the, the, the thought of what J.J. Abrams Superman's gonna be. That character's name it always escapes me. Um, but not having Kalel in a future, you know, even if it's not Henry Cavill, th- th- isn't that problematic for them going forward? Not having, it, it, are you saying is
2: not having, uh, uh, Henry Cavill playing Superman? Or you mean not having Clark Kent be Superman?
0: Both?
2: I'd say both. I think, uh, I think that I don't think it's a problem not having Clark Kent. Uh, if that's the case, we haven't confirmed, let's be clear. We haven't confirmed because, uh, Coates has not said that his black Superman is not going to be Clark Kent. Now that said, uh, I think it's obvious uh, that, I think that's, I won't say it's obvious. I think that's the direction they're going with it. Uh, I think there's obviously uh, reason to believe that it's going to be Calvin Ellis Superman because uh, Coates shared the, uh, the uh, silver S-shield, which is kind of, Known, uh, mm-hmm. and it's, I think, uh, Tanahasi Coates is wanting to do if you're wanting to do something different with Superman, like what could you do that would be, you know, kind of a really a different take that we haven't seen before? Well, you know, we got four Christopher Reeve movies, we got Superman Returns, we had Man of Steel, we had BBS, we had Justice League, we're getting Zack Snyder's. I mean, there's been. Oh, and the original Superman and the Mole There have been ten Superman feature films, and then there's all the TV shows. He's had half a dozen TV shows. He's got a new TV show on now, Clark Kent, and then the animation. So I don't think that I don't think the public is like, well, we just haven't had enough of Clark Kent, <laughs> Superman. I don't think that's a thing. So I think the idea of I get what you mean but like audiences think of Clark Kent as Superman. So if you make a Superman movie and say this is somebody named Calvin Ellis, a lot of mainstream public that has doesn't read comics hasn't heard of that version of him, and they're going to be like, "What? That's not Superman." But I don't. I think that's part of actually the appeal of going a different route is when you're doing Clark Kent Superman. If you just keep putting the white Clark Kent guy up on screen over and over, people are like, "Yeah, yeah, we get it." Then. I don't mean that people don't care about Superman. I think people do like Superman, but I don't think that they're going to reject the idea of a different Superman or a different approach. And the idea of Calvin Ellis as Superman and that like, Oh, well, there's a multiverse. We know there's a multiverse. They're doing this. All of their movies they've said are generally going to be considered within a multiverse together. Mm-hmm. So this is, there's no reason hypothetically that if they want Clark Kent, played by Henry Cavill or whoever else to show up, they can do that. He could show up in the same movie or he could show up in different movies or he could not show up. And this could be the new official on-screen Superman. You know, it just, there's a lot of ways they can go with it. And I think that mainstream global, these movies are made for mainstream global audiences. And that's the thing to remember, uh, and if, as long as it, if it appeals to those audiences, it appeals to them. And I think a new Superman, I think one of the best things you can do with Superman is make people go, wait, I haven't seen that before. What's that? <laughs> because that's interest. That's something they're saying. I haven't seen it before. It's not something I immediately recognize, yet I do. It's, it's exactly, exactly what studios always ask for because it's what they believe is the key to success. Give me the same thing, but different. I mean, that's the mantra, right? We've all heard it. That's, that's what they say. It's, it's cliched because it's so common and so true. Well, this is exactly that it's Superman. Everyone knows Superman. You recognize the Superman shield. He's a superhero, but guess what? Oh, He's different. It's different. You haven't seen this one before, so I think it's I think it's actually a very smart play, and uh, I get why they're going for
0: it. I get why they're doing this. Yeah. Is Flashpoint gonna play like X Men: Days of Future Past? Do you think, where it kind of fixes or, you know, changes the trajectory of the timeline or anything like that?
2: Uh, well, I think that's the intent. Yeah, I think the whole idea is it's an opportunity to take the DC universe that they're not sure for sure which parts they want to keep and where they want to go with it and they're saying we're going to do a movie where he runs around through all the different possible mo- you know, not all but through a bunch of possible shit and we pick the ones that we like and that's what we keep after he changes the timeline that's what I suspect anyway um, and <laughs> what they keep is the question are they, is it really going to be substantial? Or at the end of this movie, is it going to be like, they had all these different, oh, what if it's, what about this alternate and this one and this one? And then at the end of the day, he fixes things and it all just goes back to all the ones that are currently as it is anyway. That could be what yeah. they do, but no, I don't think so. I think that they're, there's the point of doing this and what they've been banging the drum about is that it's a chance to like retcon and you can change things, which doesn't make. Him changing the past does not explain remotely why Batman suddenly is a completely different guy with different genetic material, but that's just my thinking. Like, how, Why would Bruce Wayne look like Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck? There's no version of reality where like, oh, well this is an alternate version of where history happened in a way so that Bruce Wayne was Batman in the eighties and he looked like Michael Keaton. And then there's another version of that time. I, it just seems weird to me, but I know fans love the idea. I'm the same way about it with Marvel. The idea that Tobey Maguire's Spider Man was some alternate. There's another Earth where everything is more hyper pseudo realistic, and Spider Man was a 30 year old guy in high school back in the 20 years ago instead of a kid. <laughs> I don't know why Peter Parker would look different on different Earths that much. I get like, oh, well, this one had a different dad or whatever. I mean, you can't deny
1: that the idea that there's a universe where Sam Raimi is God is pretty appealing.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's the interesting scenario. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, there's a completely, there's an Earth where magical realism is a thing, and that's how, uh, reality as we expect it and see it is only one version of how Earth is. So, uh, yeah, I'm splitting hairs about a world where people shoot lasers out of their eyes, so I may as well shut up, I know.
0: (laughs) Well, I guess my I guess a follow-up to that. So you're not excited to see Michael Keaton reprise his role as Bruce Wayne? Oh, I'm excited for all this stuff. I'm just saying
2: that it's – I mean, I'm excited for it, and I'm going to watch it, and I'm probably going to love it. I'm just saying my excitement level for that particular aspect, I, I think that Flashpoint – I I understand. You can totally use Flash. If you make it good, then you don't have to use a pre-established world. Flashpoint can exist right now as a movie, and it's fine. I just would prefer it to come later after we have an established universe, Flash and everybody that the audiences are invested in. We all love it. And then they upend it and say, oh, no, now we're going to erase it and give us a Flashpoint movie. That is, I would even say a, I would have done it probably as a started off in the Flash movie and then have it continue in a Justice League big movie and then where Flash has to reset things back to how they were. But when he does it, everything is still a little different. Um, but, yeah, I would have saved it. But, no, I'm excited for – I mean, I'm excited well, to see well, all the, I'm excited could, for
0: all this stuff. Couldn't, couldn't they – I guess my question to you to follow up that question – I know Kyle's like I want to ask a question, but um, my question though is, couldn't they at some point like so? they this this movie's titled The Flash, but they're going to have elements of Flashpoint in it. Couldn't it? Couldn't this just be uh like a quote unquote Flash movie where he goes and he d- starts. We they start playing around with the multiverse, and then, like, they could actually go for a future, like, an actual Flashpoint where we see Jeffrey Dean Morgan's character as Thomas Wayne, we see an actual Ben Affleck type of a situation. Or do you think they're kind of wasting, they're kind of, yeah. like, yeah, shooting their wad too early?
2: I don't, I, I think if they try to then come back and do another Inspired by Flashpoint, it's going to be at that point I'll throw my hands up in the air if it's like well they they adapted Flashpoint on TV already now they're going to adapt it again just a couple of, just a few years later we're going to readapt it again kind of and then we're going to re-readapt it again? No, no. I think that would be... If you're going to do it, if you're going to use some of the Flashpoint here, just just fricking do it. Either do it or don't. And I, I get that they're going to not... It's not going to be just like the comic. They're using it as inspiration the way Captain America Civil War was inspired by the comic and used elements from it, but it was not a direct adaptation by any stretch of the imagination. And I think that's what they're doing here, and I think... Uh, I don't think we're going to see another version where it's, oh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is Batman and so on. I think it'll be, this is it. They're doing it now. If they tried to come back, I think it would just – there's a point after which it's like, look, you already fucked up the potato salad by putting raisins in it. If now you're like, oh, but let maybe if we added corn and <laughs> raisins, like, no, 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 just step away. <laughs> you're done. <laughs>
1: So you're saying don't put the trail mix into the the dish there? Okay, gotcha.
2: Right. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. 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 It gets to it. Trail mix is the great point. Like there was okay, there was trail mix. Then there was trail mix with chocolate chips. Then there was trail mix with chocolate chips and uh uh M and M's. And now Cheetos. And, like, what else are you gonna, you're just finding, you're just looking in the cupboard, like, finding shit and getting rid of your leftovers now. Come on. Now it looks like the bottom of a birdcage. That's all it looks like.
1: (laughs) Oh, jeez.
0: Kyle, take it away.
1: Yeah, so, I'm definitely very interested to see what they're gonna end up doing. Like like Mark said, I hope they don't kind of do it and then also do it again later, because, like, like he said, we already had multiple adaptations of Flashpoint. There, are, there are other Flash storylines we could be pulling from, you know. So, I, the I'm, animated I'm totally,
2: film is so freaking perfect, for God's sake! Yeah, that's it's
1: a fantastic animated film. So, even though they're going to be drawing inspirations from that storyline for live action, I hope it's not a direct adaptation. I, I, I definitely am
2: right.
1: hoping that you know we don't spend too much time focusing on. Retconning everything that came before, and then trying to start a new—you know—let's like, actually just tell a good flash story here. Like this is the flash is moving. Let's not use this as a a device to to fix our other mistakes.
2: Yeah, Just oh. you look bummed out that we're. Uh, <laughs>
0: Do you well, just I wish guess, the like,
2: Flash franchise was just Flashpoint? Each movie was a new version of Flashpoint? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Flashpoint 2. Like, okay, now maybe it is a good idea, now that I said that out loud. No,
0: like, Flash. So don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm stoked, I'm stoked well, like, to see I, like, other my Batman. My problem fans, though, <laughs> with like, this Flashpoint movie is like, so... Like, what I love about Flashpoint is you have the Atlanteans versus, you know, the Amazonians. You have that war going on. You have, you know, you have Thomas Wayne. You have Martha Wayne and Thomas Wayne at odds with each other. Like, you know, Martha Wayne's like that version of the Joker. Thomas Wayne is that version of Batman. And they're kind of not—it doesn't seem like they're going to be doing that, right? It just kind of seems like they're going to—they're taking this idea of the multiverse— and going forward, this idea of the multiverse is not that. They're going to go in. They're going to have, like, these cool elements in. You know, they're going to have Michael Keaton back as Batman. I swear to God, if they don't have that, the Michael Keaton Batmobile in that fucking movie, I might walk out. <laughs> like, I'm serious. I'm pretty sure you're going to see the Batmobile. So, like, I know some people are like, well, do you think the Anton Furst's designs? I said I don't know, but if they don't have that Batmobile in it, I'm done. Like I will throw my hands up, but like I said, like like, because like, that that story, of flashpoint, is so interesting. You know, you know, you have that war between, you know, those two races of people. You know, the Amazonians and the Atlanteans. Like, why not go full hard on? And I, that wasn't like a sexual thing, but why not go full hard on with, you know, play play it up like that film is, as you know, because that we've we've read the story, we've seen the animated film. Why can't they just lean in heavily to that? So,
2: uh, well, I would say a couple of problems. I think the biggest problem, honestly, and why they they don't want to do a direct adaptation, uh, is. Exactly what you just described, the war between the Amazonians and Atlantis. Do you really, if you've got a billion-dollar Aquaman franchise and a near-billion-dollar Wonder Woman franchise, do you really want to do a movie and say, what if we make them evil and they're just fucking up the world and everybody will hate them now? Like, They're not heroic in those, you know, they're not portrayed in the most heroic ways. They're destroying the earth. They don't care about humanity. They're massacring humanity by the millions, tens of millions of people are being killed. They're murdering them. Uh, That's, you know, I don't know that that's... I'm not saying it's not a cool story, because it is, and I think you could adapt it in a way where you don't have them just be so uncaring or whatever... But at the end of the day, it's still if you're going to do a movie, it's it's one thing to have comics where that happens and it's like it's an alternate universe. Maybe they are a little more evil. They're less humanized because they never <laughs> they weren't around people. That's all legitimate, but the truth the fact still remains: if you're going to have that happen in your movie, then you have to have you know people are going to be watching Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman as a villain, and they're going to be watching Jason Momoa's Aquaman as a villain, unless. You do the brilliant thing of recasting them for this the way that you've got other Batman in it. Have an alternate universe version. Get Lucy Lawless to play Wonder Woman as, like, this is a Wonder Woman who grew up in a very different – in her world, the Amazonians, things all went different, and this is who she is. Or, oh, my God, Linda Carter. Get Linda Carter to play Wonder Woman in that universe, that she's Wonder Woman instead. Uh, for Aquaman, I'm not sure what you would do. Um, you get the guy... Uh,
0: Carl Urban. <laughs> <laughs> but do
2: something to where you have a different... one. You know, So that would work if you were going to do it, but that's no. why I say no if you're going to do a Flashpoint,
0: do it two-point. i love Judge Dredd. No, no one wants to see Judge Dredd as Aquaman? Mm, Carl Urban as Aquaman? No. I don't know. <laughs> Henry Cavill? I hear he's looking for a job. No,
2: uh Brad Pitt. There, I'll throw a name out. Hire Brad Pitt as Aquaman and Angelina Jolie as Wonder Woman.
0: He could have done Jennifer Aniston, but I'll take either or. (laughs) I think they would be those I think. That would be—just hypothetically, if you start off
2: in Flash and then the end of your Flash movie is set—he goes back, saves his mom, and suddenly he wakes up at the end of the movie and he's like, what? And you do just that opening where he realizes, oh my god, I changed everything and the world's being destroyed, and that's a cliffhanger. And then it goes into a Justice League movie that is—or just a movie called Flashpoint. Just call it Flashpoint. And it's the continuation, and then you've got all of the different characters in it, and it's a different world where it's a different Wonder Woman, different Batman, different Aquaman. All of that—that that would be pretty freaking sweet. And you'd make a hell of a lot of money if you had that. Just this alternate version of evil Aquaman, evil Wonder Woman. You know, Batman is Thomas Wayne, and you get Michael Keaton or you get uh, you know uh, uh, Harry Dean Morgan to play Batman. Then you do that. That's pretty cool. I yeah, I think that would yeah, I could see that being a thing. I would be for that, but I don't know if Brad Pitt. He's pretty Great. badass and he'd be a pretty cool of the that type of the 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 blonde-haired Aquaman from, you know, without the beard and long hair. If he played that version of Aquaman,
1: I could see it working.
0: I would just say, if they're gonna do that, go real crazy and have Jack Black as uh as Green Lantern. <laughs> oh God! Remember he? he <laughs> You're was evil. Lo- Remember You're he evil. was lobbying to be Green Lantern? Oh, <laughs> yep. Um, the I think no, the last he, question that was a that was a project. The they,
2: Warner Brothers had a project uh, with him. They were looking at doing a movie with him as Green Lantern. Yeah, it was going to be a com- kind of a comedy satire type movie. I think the
0: last question that I have, and I might have another one, after this, I'm kind of lost my train of thought because I thought about Jack Black and Spandex. <laughs> Something moved a little bit. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> um, where do you think do you think that at some point that Zack Snyder, obviously Zack Snyder is super busy, you know he's got his overall deal with Netflix, he's got Army of the Dead, you know the redemption. This is Zack Snyder's redemption year. You got Snyder Cut, you got Army of the Dead looks great. Um, do you think at some point studio wants to be back in the Zack Snyder verse? Where he is directing a future live action version of, you know, maybe, maybe not Justice League, but maybe like Justice Society of America or like a Black Adam 2 or a, you know, a, uh, what the fuck's his name? He drives a motorcycle. Um, he's cosmic. Lobo. Yeah, Lobo. Like, do you think like th- they might get uh, that way or do you think he's kind of like Justice League or bust? Well, I I don't know. I mean, I can't—I
2: uh, don't know what his feelings are about uh, working again at Warner Brothers on any big project. I know that he—I I feel like it's safe to say he does not want to ever go through what he went through before. With right. It. I know for his—for doing his Justice League— uh, to finish it and to release it for HBO Max, he had full creative control. He didn't want meddling. He didn't want to be told to cut it. He wanted to do whatever he wanted with it, and they stay the hell out of his way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know that he would want to do another movie with them without that same degree of control and freedom, and I don't believe that the studio is going to be willing to do that uh for anybody I mean they wouldn't even fully do it for Christopher Nolan <laughs> for God's sake uh, back when you know the, at the height of his you know when it was like just Chris Nolan or bust time kind of for them uh, and I think that uh, I think every artist deserves you know freedom artistic freedom and everything but I and and I support that and I'm happy that he got it for this uh, for Justice League, uh, but I also realize as a studio that there, it's just the nature of the business. No matter how we feel about it, at the end of the day, executives and, uh, business people and people who, whose job it is to just say, this is a, this is a IP, it's property, and we have to exploit this property for profit, and we think that this is the way to do that, and therefore we need to have a say in it that's always going to be the case. So I don't think that they'll necessarily give him what he would want in order for it to be worth him coming back. I think other studios will. And I think, for example, I think he's pretty happy with Netflix right now, uh, giving him the freedom on army of the dead. He's doing other stuff with them, obviously. Um, and I think he'll probably do more with them. And I think there's other studios as well. We'll see. Uh, I don't think that he's – I think if hypothetically Warner said, we want you to come back, pick a project, we'll let you do whatever you want, Uh I don't think it's just Justice League for him. I think it's his biggest one. I think his – if he – if they said anything you want, I think he'd say, let me finish my frickin' Justice League then, and he'd want Justice League too. Um, but I don't think it's the only one he'd be willing to. I think if they said, look, would you be willing to make like Justice Society of America, for example – if they said we'll give you that property, you can hire whoever you want, you can work with who you want, however much, and and here's a blank check. I don't think he'd necessarily say no to that, you know. Yeah. I think it'd be cool, uh, but I don't know that we'll ever see that happen. And I think for now, as far as he's concerned, this Justice League is his swan song in the DC universe, and he's going to move on. And he's certainly got plenty of other stuff going and. Uh, i think he's after people see army of the dead and justice league he's gonna have even more stuff going so kyle anything
1: else i think that about sums it up right there
0: i know that like there's a lot that like we've covered but like and i know that you, you know you, we are gonna do a review of justice league next week it's kind of like we don't want to go too far into, like, you know, what do we expect? You know, is there going to be, you know, what's Dark side going to be like? Because, like, once we get those those gears rolling in my brain of, like, what Dark side's going to be like in that film and, like, what the nightmare sequence is, you know, we've seen enough footage where it could potentially become spoiler for yeah. other fans. So I'm mm-hmm. trying to be very, like, this preview of, like, how we got here, you know, where this could go potentially, uh, do you have anything you want to add? You know, uh, we kind of brushed on the Batman a little bit. Do you want to talk about that, or do you kind of like just leave it as? And this is for both of you. So
2: it's funny this being a Batman-focused podcast that we haven't talked more about
0: Batman. I guess.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, like, there's really like we there really hasn't just been a lot of bat like we. I would love to see an HBO Max version of Batflack. I mean, could that potentially happen? Maybe, but you know,
2: I don't think that I don't think Ben Affleck is going to come. I don't think he's interested in coming back full time as Batman. I'll say that. I don't think so. Now,
0: maybe he's maybe things have changed significantly. I mean, he did but- come back. He, he did come back to, you know, shoot that sequence and Snyder right. cut. He is going to be Bruce Wayne in Flashpoint. Yeah. So I wouldn't say that he completely has closed the door but you know
2: right that's why I say I I'm very ca- I'm very careful to say I don't think he's coming back full time like he's not going to come be a, I don't think he's looking to do a Batman movie or to be I don't think he's looking to play Batman again in another movie where like like Justice League I think that's probably one of the bigger obstacles to Zack Snyder doing a sequel would be if, hypothetically, if Warner said, would you we'll let you make it, we want you to do it, and if he said, okay, I'm willing to do it, if that happened, then the first big obstacle to overcome would really be whether or not Ben Affleck wants to come back and play Batman, I think. Mm -hmm. And again, maybe that's changed, but my understanding has been his willingness, he's willing to 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 reprise the role in small bits because he can handle that without it being so much that it's you know what he said before that his friends told him he'd drink himself to death if he did it again if he if he kept going so and we'll see you know it's uh, well, I don't want to go on about the Ben Affleck's inner demons issue ad nauseum because that's been talked to death but mm-hmm. I don't think that he's gonna I don't think I would still – and I know there's other folks out there who believe otherwise and who to say otherwise, and uh, a lot of fans uh, and and journalists that are saying otherwise. But I I think unless it's voiceover, I don't think we're going to see Ben Affleck come back and play Batman full time in a movie again, Mm -hmm. not like what people are talking about. And certainly I don't think he's going to come do an HBO Max series or movie now a few years down the road maybe maybe he'll the reaction to Zack Snyder's Justice League will be so good and then maybe he'll have so much fun in Flashpoint and maybe that'll be so big that he's like you know what yeah i'll do it okay let's see and maybe then he'll reach he'll reach out and tell HBO Max i want to i want to go back and re- revisit that script i'm going to look at my batman script and i'd like to do a, a mini series as my batman maybe I don't know, but uh, I don't. At this point, I do not believe that's going to happen. No, I don't think. I so. do.
0: I do have an <coughs> question, and I, if you can't talk about it, we'll obviously edit this out. But I've heard from I, I've heard some from some people, and I've seen some things online that Matt Reeves and Robert Pattinson have not been getting along. Like, like have you heard those
2: things? I, I've seen them on I've seen them on a bunch of shitty websites that. Uh, that are, that's, that mostly the only place I've seen any of that discussed is places that aren't reliable and that when they talk about their sources, what they're talking about is either they made something up, they think they, they looked at stuff and thought that's what's happening and decided to be their own source or they got emails from a rando fan pretending to be a source. But I don't believe that there's any significant, uh, uh, I don't think that there's the, any of that stuff. It's true. No, no. I mean, I did did see it. I've heard heard directly from – I asked when I saw that. I figured it was bullshit, but just to be on the safe side, I reached out and I asked a couple of folks that are in – that would know and uh, was told that it's bullshit, so –
0: um, I, I mean, because we did see that, that, uh, that rumor that him and Zoe Kravitz hooked up on the Batmobile. So I was just like, this is clearly some BS. People but.
2: just talk shit. That's all it is. I mean, really, it's just people talk shit. That's what they do.
0: <laughs> um, but other than, I just, I, I did want to ask that question because we have not heard a lot about Matt Reeves, the Batman. Like, it just kind of hasn't been. I think, I don't know if it was because of the pandemic. Like there was all that talk about, um, you know, like when everything kind of shut down, we had the fandom trailer and Jim Lee said that that was, this was like an earth two type of, uh, this was set in earth two. Like there hasn't been like that excitement that we get, you know, when we, I, maybe it's just me, like, but I don't know. Does anyone else see or? feel that as well, that there's just not as excitement surrounding this version of Batman. The
1: only thing I I can think of is maybe they don't want to interfere with the the hype that Justice League has going on right now. Like the idea of, oh, well, it doesn't matter what happens to Justice League because there's this other Batman coming anyway, right? So that's something I'm maybe thinking about, but I mean, speaking for myself here, I'm still very excited for the project and I cannot wait until we hear more about it.
2: Yeah, I I think it's easy. I think this is a common fan thing that we do to ourselves is we're excited for something it's like, well, it's you know, if you're a big Batman fan, it's just like the Superman fans. You know, Superman fans are like, well, how come there isn't a Superman movie this week? And how come the news stories – how come everybody's not talking about Superman? It's been months or it's been weeks or whatever. I get impatient for it, but it's easy to forget Matt Reeves' Batman movie was all anyone talked about when at first the news broke about it. And then him being – when he was rumored and was negotiating, and then, oh, no, he's going to – and then he maybe he's not going to do it, and he walked away, and now he's back. It's all anyone talked about. Then who's going to be Batman? Everyone was going out of their minds talking about it, trying to figure it out. Then it was Robert Pattinson. Everybody was talking about that. That trailer came out. It's all anybody talked about. It broke the internet for a couple of days. Uh, it's just because there's other stuff going on. And then the pandemic hit, and they couldn't film. So when – when there's other stuff going on and a pandemic is hitting and people have so much else happen, it's like, well, they're not, you know, it's just that's how it is right now. Uh, that it's, it's a Batman movie at the point that there's, there's news, it's going to get reported. And at the point the movie, they start marketing it. I mean, it's think about how far away the movie is still, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a long way away still, (laughs) so technically in movie time, I mean, we've got so many other things coming, so uh, that's all that it is. We'll be hearing plenty about it, and I'm still – I'm jazzed for it. Uh, I think it's just we've got other things coming before it, and that's what we're all – like, it's hard to be – to maintain – peak level of excitement for everything when some of it's a year away, some's 2 years away, some is a few months, some is coming in a week. <laughs> so we're all good, you know.
0: Is that movie going to be rated R?
2: I don't think so. No, I think it'll be PG-13. Um and really, I mean, I people are all about wanting the R ratings, but 99% of the comic books are PG-13, you know, with Deadpool. Everybody wants R-rated Deadpool, but I'm just like, why? Is comics, almost almost all of the Deadpool comics are PG-13, and it's fine. Everybody who fell in love with the character and all of the, the, the original stories and the best stories, it's all PG-13. It's all in regular comics that are sold to kids, too. Uh-huh. So you can do all, you don't need R-rating. Now, if it is, if it turns out that the best version of it happens to be this, which is R-rated, okay, but I don't personally want—I'm not always looking for R-rated because, you know, I, I became a fan when I was a kid, and I don't think that we need to necessarily—I think PG-13, there's enough violence. You can cut people's heads off, show a dick, and say fuck twice in R-rated. I mean, what more—how many times does Batman or Superman need to say fuck or show their bare ass and and decapitate anybody? You know, Wolverine was doing that shit in every X-Men movie, and they were PG-13. <laughs> it wasn't till he said motherfucker four times that it got an R rating. <laughs> uh. <laughs> right? <clears throat> I'm just saying. So, uh, but if it's, if it's, if the best version is R, then it's, it is what it is, you know? It's, I want the best version of these movies at the end of the day, and if that, If that requires an R rating, okay, I'll accept that. But I really prefer it that anybody, any fan who loves these characters that wants to see it gets to see it. That's my favorite version of them, honestly.
0: Anything else before we call this uh, completed in the in the in the cut? Are we anything else, Kyle? Mark? Uh.
2: (laughs) do y'all I thought, think Green Lantern's gonna be in it? Do you think we're gonna see a significant Green Lantern presence, or is it just gonna be Easter egg? What do you think?
1: Wasn't there a Green Lantern in the big battle, in like the original cut, even just in yeah. the background?
0: Yeah, yeah. there was okay. a cameo.
1: So I feel like if they're expanding on that battle, I'm sure we'll get a better view of a Green Lantern somewhere.
0: Mm-hmm. You said the original cut, Kyle, you're gonna get fucking murdered online! <laughs> Bring it on, <laughs> bring it on, nerds! You, uh, no, I don't think it's gonna be an Easter egg. I'd like to be proven wrong. I'd like to see Ryan Reynolds, but who do you, who,
2: you, you don't think any surprise? Anybody? Any surprises are gonna show up at the end? Martian Manhunter. You don't think there's any? You don't think there's any surprise character? Are you gonna be in it? Are you gonna show up? <laughs> <Mark's good. laughs> I said a fan. I, I said a fan favorite character.
1: <laughs> well, are, you, are you trying to? Are you trying, trying to, to say to that scream. there might
2: potentially be some kind of a
1: teaser at the end of a comic book movie? I, I don't believe.
2: <laughs> it's. i mean we've all yeah it's we know there's a there's a surprise coming so uh, uh and they have pretty much confirmed that there's a surprise so we'll see what that is i'm so su- i'm su- the surprise is that they kept any surprise under wraps really that's a su- freaking
0: surprise <laughs> <laughs> it's a well, weird don't spoil it We're only seven days away. It's like that moment when I was on Twitter is I'm I'm like two days away from seeing BVS because I get to see it early and someone posts a picture of Superman dead. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So hell is others. What are you going (laughs) to (laughs) do? With that being said, uh, we're going to call this episode in the can And then we'll be back next week to review Justice League – or I'm sorry. We'll be back to review Zack Snyder's Justice League. Mm -hmm. So where can we find you on the social medias uh, and uh, where can we we read your stuff? Uh, You can read my old stuff
2: at uh, Forbes.com backslash sites backslash Mark Hughes. I haven't written anything there in a while, but I'm going to have a lot of uh, stuff up this month. I've been off for a couple of months because I've been working on some screenplays and some TV, some TV show projects. But uh, you'll definitely see quite a bit of, of coverage of Zack Snyder's Justice League from me in the coming days and some other DC stuff and uh, some Oscar coverage. And you can find me, if you're a uh, glutton for punishment, <laughs> you can find me on social media, uh, and I'll just say, go look for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Kyle. You can find me on pretty much any social media platform at Kyle, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, whatever you happen to be uh, on.
0: And then you obviously can find me at Batman Shanlin, and that's going to be it.